0: We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. It's amazing how much time it takes to buy a car.
1: Well, it's yes, just it is.
0: Once you start yes. down the pathway to buying a car, which is where I am right now, it's you a, look up and you go, where, time did, where did four hours go? Yeah. What, I just. I, uh. Well, because then there's
1: rabbit holes of, you know, should I have bought that? Uh-huh. Well, what's the. And then you're, you know, looking at yes. more stuff that could go wrong with the yes. car. You're reading forums and how to properly buy the model of car oh. that you're researching,
0: what to look for, what. Yeah. Well, and, and I still have that soccer. lingering uh, thought in the back of my mind, and you may, listening, and you may have thought this as well, Paul. I had a lingering thought, thought in the back of my mind of. What am I missing? What have I forgotten? Because yes. there will be that thing. I mean, yes. your, your joke is always valid, which is, did you buy the car? Then you didn't get a good deal. <laughs> but but here's the thing. I mention all of this because exactly. I am zeroing in on the replacement for Spot the Mini. I can't announce yet. I'm going to wait till the car is in my driveway. But I'm zeroing in. And actually, you it's reached a deal today, as a matter of fact. I, I, I I believe that's about so. all we're going to so. say. So that yeah. is coming soon. Uh, all, speaking of things coming soon... I know we've told you guys a lot about uh, Season 3 on Amazon being available by season now. We are expecting that. To, to land this week, <laughs> we
1: keep expecting. I, I'm sorry that hopeful. we said it
0: earlier, and yeah. then the it got clogged in the Amazon system somehow. We well, it's think because they've it's been faster than we thought. They've actually had the a precedent of yeah.
1: being kind of fast to approve and everything could, and post and we it. We could, you
0: know, kind of and calculate this time they weren't. Yeah, so we will tell you the minute that it's posted, and you can get the full buy season of season three because we'd love for you to see it. It it is close. Mm-hmm, it's in the process. Mm-hmm. I'm a little annoyed, but we'll let you know when that happens. <laughs> exactly. So, these are the teases of things coming up also on this podcast. It's a topic Tuesday. We're talking about changes in a platform as they refine a car. Well, this actually
1: relates to the car search, what you're talking about. Totally. And should I actually stick with the platform? But, kind of the question is do you, once you have gotten the car, do you keep with the car? Do you stay with it? Do you look back and think, Ah, I wish I would have bought these options sure, with it, and I sure, wish I would yeah. have done more research. Or do you abandon that completely and then think, I've had my fill, go to something different?
0: Yeah, so we've got that coming up from Brent. We've also got a cool car debate from Ross, who's actually sending out a car debate for his dad, mm-hmm. which is a fun one that I like, and many, many questions to follow. So, as usual, a lot of things on this podcast— Speaking of questions, Garrett P. has
1: written on Facebook about the new Supra. And I know everybody is watching very closely. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a throwdown. And I think Toyota knows that, honestly, even more than the subsequent generation of the Acura NSX. Mm. Because that was never a car that, you know, us normal people could afford. It was always that aspirational supercar. Maybe when they come down in 5, 8, 10, 20 years, I could finally afford one. But the Supra has always—it actually started life as kind of an attainable fun car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Remember the '79 Celica Supra? Yeah, yeah actually yeah. used both names in the in the naming convention there. But. Garrett's asking about what are our thoughts on this new Supra after this big press drive mm-hmm. in Madrid, Spain. Will we get a manual? This is very <sighs> early, Garrett. It's very early. Yeah, we're we're
0: almost we're we're so early. We're just theorizing, honestly.
1: Well, speaking of theorizing, I am reserving any styling commentary until we actually see it, because mm-hmm. there's everybody that's photoshopping, and then the f- photos get mm-hmm. around, and then it's tweaked, and you think, well, this is it. Well, Have they actually photographed the real production car then? No? No, they haven't? Okay. Well, then, you know, let's go ahead and hold off. The other thing that I'm holding off on is the idea that when people drive this car that they think, you know what it needs is blank for me to like it. Hmm, Interesting. Because with the 86, it was brought out as a platform of, you know what? Here's a starting place. Go do what you want. Sure. From the very beginning, it was... It's a good price point. It's a good car as it is. We like it. But you know what? It's kind of a clean slate. Blank slate for you to go Mm -hmm. do, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, add a part, make it your own. That's not the Supra. That's never been the Supra until the Fast and Furious movies came along. And then
0: it it was how many things can we screw to the car? But I take your point. Theoretically, the Supra needs to be a complete package and it's ready to rock.
1: Aside from the manual, though, because we've Mm -hmm. heard at this point the manual is not going to be available. But again, Mm -hmm. until it's actually released and we see the car... I'm holding judgment. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I hope that subsequent press drives that are leaked out, people don't think and, and then write in the press. You know what? I'd like it if only – or you know what this car needs to be really good when it comes out is blank, blankety, blank, blank, blank. It's got to come out, and then the judgment
0: can be made. Yikes. I take that point. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, that's that's
1: my concern about this car, and I mm-hmm. think Toyota knows that, mm-hmm. and it's okay. going to be a price point that's not really going to be aspirational or – Attainable, I should say, right out of the gate, it might be a sixty-five thousand dollars car. It
0: probably will be. It probably uh, will be. And that's—I'll I'll be shocked like, if you ooh. can leave the dealer for less than sixty with this car. I'm yeah. Really
1: shocked. And then we will well, all think, okay, talk to me in five, eight years, and yeah, then well, I, I mean, can get in one.
0: At, at sixty grand, there's a lot of competition. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, besides mm-hmm. the fact that it platform shares with the Z4, sixty grand gets you a year or two old nice Cayman. Now you can't get a new one. I know that it starts at fifty grand for a Cayman, but not, there's no Porsche on the planet that's actually selling a brand new 50 grand Cayman. It's <laughs> not, not brand having. new, not brand new. So anyway, so, but, but, but there are a lot of options at that point. So it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, and here's the thing, I wouldn't be surprised if you can just trick it out with everything and almost touch 70 with this car. Oh, so I'm sure. it'll be really interesting to see where it lands on all of these categories. I mean, all this stuff we're talking about right now is what they call the long lead press. It's the big magazines mm-hmm. and they're yeah. all getting into stuff that's still covered in camo and you know there's things in the, the the articles like we think or we expect which means that's probably changing so yeah i'm i'm wondering if the long lead press
1: especially in this case the supra is Toyota's attempt to head negativity off at the pass mm, interesting. by letting okay. you guys in early You've kind mm. of been part of the development. You feel like you have ownership possibly. of the development of the car possibly. And so when we do drop the real thing on you, you will say ah yes interesting. We drove it back then and things have improved and blah blah Maybe. blah
0: Okay, I see it
1: possibly but it's it could be a shrewd move on the part of Toyota doing it this long because yeah we're far enough away that all of Todd and I's ideas about season four content. I mean, I was already thinking Tycon electric. I Mm -hmm. I don't think those will be anywhere available Mm -hmm. for uh, Mm -hmm. December this year because we'd like to get those on camera soon enough because by the time we shoot the episode and produce it and get it out there, of course, they'll be very relevant, but it might not happen just because of the development time for these Yeah, cars. I don't
0: feel like Tycon or Supra are going to be part of our season four, which would happen I in wish. January. Yeah.
1: I wish, because then we're talking March.
0: You know, by the time yeah. they would be ready to go, released. Yeah, all but that that kind that's, of stuff. that's still that's still doable. Maybe the auto show, yeah. auto show circuit rounds, that kind of thing. Yeah, this needs to be a real thing. I mean, here's the thing: we're we're because of the interest in this car. I hate to say this. I hate to say it, but if the League guys are driving it now, that means you could see one in a year.
1: Like the real production, like, like, oh, here it look, is.
0: There's one actually at a car show. It's going to be a year from Dealerships now. Dealerships have them now. Mm-hmm. I, I bet you it'll be next summer before this car really is most places. That's generally what press cars are. If mm-hmm. you can get a
1: press car, that means it's currently available for sale in a dealership mm-hmm. somewhere. That's yeah, generally the, yeah. the rule of thumb that we you know have kind of gone by, but uh, we'll see. It's like you said, very long lead time, but we do want to get to the topic Tuesday here, which comes from an email from Brent back in August of 2018, who comes to us with this general query. And I thought this could work for a topic Tuesday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's saying, you know, car enthusiasts, long-term ownership. After a few years into the platform that you own, of course, you tend to be more knowledgeable with a discerning eye. You might've picked a different example of your current car. Mm-hmm. If you had waited longer, done more knowledge and research, or if you were to buy it again, And then what should you do to improve the things that you don't like? Hmm. Or, so, you know, stick with the car you've come to know and love or hate, he says. Or do you look for that perfect example? Do I spend time and Hmm. I wait Hmm. and I'm just still looking and it's got all the right options and then I move to this car that is unknown to me? It's a Hmm. blank slate. And then what? So who are you? What kind of... Buying process. And I think it applied a little bit to your buying process with the <clears throat> unnamed car here, here, that you're looking here to at. unnamed car, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, all right, this is interesting. We've driven, I don't know if you've ever driven this car. You've driven similar cars. Not in the
0: exact spec that I'm chasing. That's yeah. true, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so I come to this, Brent, with, this is a great question because it depends on the car. Mm-hmm. But I've broken this up into old and modern, sort of classic oh, and I modern. I see where you're going. Okay, that's interesting. Because you've got to break this up mm. somehow to think all right, if it's the classic car,
0: mm-hmm.
1: sure, hold out. Mm. Get the one you want. Because okay. if it is that classic, chances are you're going to hold on to it longer. Theoretically,
0: I I hadn't thought about it in those terms. That's good. But if it's a modern
1: car and you think I'm going to have this for three years Mm -hmm. and I just need a used car and maybe Mm -hmm. it's a recommendation from one of us and you think, all right, I'm getting my fun sports car Mm -hmm. and then I'll have it for three to five years and then move on from there. Mm -hmm. You might be more willing to accept, you know what? It's not the perfect thing. It's not the perfect color. I'm going to get it wrapped and it's not the exact spec you know i could debate the manual versus pdk right here sure maybe it is pdk and you know what pdk is awesome so i got that car because it was here it was available whereas a brand new car you've got choices galore you can order it how you want Go nuts. of course you're gonna wait or you still might not get it in the case of the m2 that i oh yeah that story that's right back then yeah when that's still no Mm -hmm. guarantee for sure for sure but again it comes down to in my opinion the classic which means wait mm. hold mm. off okay yes go search go look arm yourself with all the knowledge mm. but if you wait for so long and you're looking for okay i need this used car i'm interested in these three i've driven them all i know what car i want mm. and you spend endless amounts of times on the forums and the car buying you know hey here's from owners here's mm-hmm. what you need to look for and You could just sweat yourself to death about, what if that transmission grenades after I buy it? And, you know, well, that's why there's the aftermarket warranties if you really need that comfort. True, fair point. You know, the the security blanket. But then, you know, you could just, you could lose too much time. Mm. And I think that comes back to what you're saying about the time suck that is the search.
0: Totally, totally. And here's the thing. I'm going to speak from personal experience on two cars that I've owned. The Nissan 300ZX. Mm-hmm. No, I did not have a twin turbo, and I did not have a manual transmission. I mean. Two things I would have bought <laughs> right. if conditions had been perfect. Right. But I also was aware of how I was using it. And then also my Lotus Elise, which is an 06. Now, starting in 08, they made a factory supercharged version. Okay? Right. I do not have that car. Right. Also, starting in 08, they did a refinement to the interior somewhat. The gauges I have are uh, white gauges with black lettering. They, mm-hmm. they reversed it, mm-hmm. okay? So the gauges from 08 and up are black gauges with white lettering, and there's some slight refinements to the interior. And I mean slight refinements to the interior. Here's my biggest thing. If, you, if you're talking, Brent, about a car you currently own, you currently have Pickett, GTI, whatever it is, mm-hmm. in, in, in the garage, okay? Mm-hmm. And now you're going, yeah, but if I had my perfect one, I'd get one with fill in that sentence. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm going to say to you, get another life experience first, And put that information you have in your brain in your back pocket in case you come back to that platform. Because I'll be honest, I would love to own a 300ZX Nissan twin turbo six speed. I'd love to own one, it would be great. Sure. Okay. Sure. But I don't have any place for that in my life. Okay. I'd also prefer to have like an 09 or 2010 supercharged Elise, but they cost about 15 to 20 grand more than mine did. Jeez. just so, for the supercharger you can add for what six grand yes 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 which brings up another point I want to come <laughs> back to but I, w- I would love to have that version because I actually really do like the supercharger in that car it's a low PSI which means the, the car has two cams in the way it delivers power and when you're on second cam it feels genuinely powerful the supercharger makes the bottom half of the rev band feel like the top half because it's a low, low PSI supercharger I really do love it in that spec but I'm able to afford the Lotus I have now and it's awesome Right, right. I would be hard-pressed to go from the one I have now directly into a supercharger without doing anything else in the middle. My feeling is if you landed on a platform and you just feel like this is all I ever want to own, this platform, <laughs> that's mm-hmm, it, I'm done, mm-hmm. maybe shop for a different version, maybe. But I really I'm going to stay by our new experience thing and just say put all that, that information in your brain somewhere or in a folder or whatever, step into something else completely and maybe look for one to come back.
1: I see that. I see that. Brent, I'm going to speak Cayman just briefly for the moment. And I can talk in terms of having two different generations of the Cayman. 987 is the first gen. Sure, yeah, yeah. And then, well, yes, 986 was the boxer, but 987 Cayman, and then moving to the 981 Cayman. Mm -hmm. And you could sort of option yourself to death trying to find all the right options that you want. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you could say, well, does it have the Sport Chrono? Does Especially it have this, the Sport seats and, and the bi xenon headlights? And, you know, does it have all these <laughs> things that I really, really want? And yes. you could think, well, you found a car that doesn't have the Sport seats. It might have the Sport Chrono package and nothing else. And it's manual. Mm. And it's available. And it's in your price range. And you want mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Should you buy the car? Yes, I think you should buy the car. Sure. Yeah. Don't yeah. wait. Don't yeah. wait around. Whereas, you know, if you're buying new, you can, the option codes are endless. The PCCB, the Porsche ceramic oh, composite brakes, the Porsche active suspension management, mm-hmm. on and on and on. It just, it's a huge rabbit hole. And I use Porsche as, as an example because Very of example. options there. They're up there as far mm-hmm. as um, the kings of too much stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think you'll ever find the perfect car. Mm. If it's the color you like and it's great and it's got most of the stuff mm-hmm. you want. Why not? You've hit What's on a great stopping
0: point. stopping you. You've hit on a great point. I actually I, that that leads me to two other thoughts. First off, I'm going to say if you're if you're shopping and I'm in this camp right now, okay? The car I'm chasing there has two different kinds of seats. Okay, and I I, I want to chase those are non-negotiables. That's that's the thing. Figure out what your two or three and I'm limiting it to two or three, two or three things that for you personally are non-negotiable on the car you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Because you're right. The rabbit hole of options is endless depending upon the car you're chasing. Right. So figure out it must have. And in my case, I needed a specific kind of seats because because the base seats are terrible and the upgrade seats were an option that not everybody got on this car. But I only wanted the upgrade seats. Mm -hmm. So instantly. I love the endless teasing. Now people are wondering. of course it, but here's the thing instantly two-thirds of the cars available to me nationwide were wiped out by that one option but that was a non-negotiable option for me yeah. i was even willing to make sacrifices on paint color if i could get the seats okay so you've you got to wrap, figure out can, whatever but you've got to figure out what are your two or three and i think you got to limit it there that if i'm shopping for this car it must have this and if your current version let's just say for sake of argument you have a car you love but you don't like the seats and there are versions of that car with seats available Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mm-hmm that you love okay that might be worth doing but that leads me to my second thought which is this is something that happens you buy the base version of a car my 300 zx is a great example and then you think i should put the better stuff on this i should put the stuff from the upper level car on mine that's a little bit of a black hole and here's why if you're (laughs) never going to sell that car ever yeah it will be in your garage forever sure But if you're ever going to sell it, you're getting none of that back out of it. None of that. The guys who have taken a a non-supercharged Elise and put a supercharger in it, those typically sell for less than the non-altered ones. Do they really? Yes. Because the, the supercharged after the fact ones... Tons of shops can do it. You don't know how well done it was. It works the same way. Theoretically, it does. Theoretically, it's even the same parts, but it wasn't done by Lotus. And who was the shop that did it Mm -hmm. and how well do they do Mm -hmm. it? And most of the time, not always, most of the time, those sell for less than a non-molested stock engine. So if you're going to do these kind of, well, I could just get the parts of the upper one and put it on my lower one, you'll never see that back unless that doesn't matter and you can keep it forever. So, Brent, to answer your question, when you say, you know, stick with a platform
1: and you you know that's something you like and maybe you want to graduate to the hotter model because you've always wanted to own the Focus mm-hmm. ST to the Focus RS. Sure. There's a huge difference. It's mm-hmm. a grand canyon of mm-hmm. difference mm-hmm. in power and handling and fun and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if it's a car like that, well, sure. And you, you've aspired to it and you know the platform and you like it. Okay. Great. I say go for it. But if you're your option B here, you know, looking for the perfect example, and do I move to this new car? But I'm not saying settle, but you've armed yourself with enough knowledge. And yes, it's a blank slate, but everybody can tell you about the subframe cracking and the E46 BMW M3 and yeah. on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. Does that prevent us from wanting that car? No, it does not, not. Not really. Not
0: really, yeah. I still want that car. Well, Jamie, our, our friend that actually loaned that car to yeah, us for Icon, right, okay, right. and he had the one that you want. He had the one with the great Laguna Seca blue color. Yeah. It was, it was perfect. It was in great shape. He'd, he'd thrown money at it anytime it needed anything. He threw money at it. And his joke was, it was always something with a comma in it. Always. <laughs> and often a five-figure fix. I mean, he Yuck. just threw money at it. Loved it. Sold it about six months after we made that movie. Yeah, for a good fee. I think he got forty something grand for that. Car. Did he really? But good but for his him. but his was gorgeous. It was right, gorgeous. It was right. the spec you want? We saw him a week ago, and he bemoaned the fact he wished he'd kept it, which is so. Isn't that interesting? Interesting. Just a great car.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie has the '67 and the upcoming Corvette film.
0: Yes, 67, big block, 427, (laughs) monster. His
1: license plate is Mm M-R-I-C-A. It's perfect for that car. Yeah, Seven liters of American thunder. I love it. Anyway, so yeah, we're in that conversation. But again, arm yourself with knowledge. Yes, be Mm -hmm. knowledgeable Mm -hmm. about going into a fresh new platform when you think, I want a new experience. Mm -hmm. We absolutely encourage that. But don't wait around. Unless you're in the, you know what, I want that perfect classic car, the Mm -hmm. perfect whatever it is, fine. Take your time. Wait for that. Go to the auctions. Do all that kind of stuff. But it is, if it is something you think, I'm going to have this for five years, ten years, and then yeah. you know move on from there, like an Acura NSX, mm. go get one. Mm. If you're in the market, you want one, you can afford it, do it. Don't wait for that. Well, it doesn't have the... You know the Targa, or it doesn't have the lights that I want. Or...
0: Well, but pick pick your non-negotiables, and then let exactly. everything else fall away. Yeah. Exactly right.
1: Excellent question, though. I Very mean, cool. it does come down to buying. I mean, I'm actually still mulling some things here. We'll see.
0: M- mulling maybe a winner nine twenty eight. Are you?
1: You're still mulling. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll put it out to the audience. Should I buy a car just for purposes of? winter
0: fun because the expedition is fun. All, they're all shaking their head yes. Know, they all, you know I they know, are. You, I know, know. They, you wouldn't <laughs> even need to get emails back. I can tell you what the I can't even see them and I can tell you that the audience is not And now our planet. audience is wanting
1: to debate cars for us. I oh, know yeah. you're wanting to debate the car for Todd but he already kind of knew what he yeah. wanted because there's consideration of filming yeah. involved and yeah. that very much factored into and I mean using the car as a camera car. Yes. So that and, factored in.
0: And also the, one of the other big considerations was I wanted a fun winter car that is very different than the Lotus and is a complete new experience in lots of ways and i think i've done that i, I think i have done yeah. i'm pretty yeah, yeah. impressed too for the price if this goes through yeah yeah pretty we'll impressed see. we'll see i know i'm teasing it to death but it's on my <laughs> mind right now but i don't want to share i genuinely don't want to share until it's in my driveway i can be like that really is my car well that's just like i say
1: we don't have a film until people have seen it on yeah. screen yes you're right we've got the footage in the can oh we've yeah of course digitally do. archived yeah. everything's there but we don't really have a film yeah.
0: yet yeah we're watching it at the we're premiere playing. and going i guess we really are done now <laughs> yeah. yeah and then i'll notice something that i want to fix but that's a side note it's just reality yeah <laughs> well
1: that's your perfection coming out it's. it's
0: all good wow excellent
1: question hey if you've got a topic tuesday question that you think we could debate endlessly on for the next 40 <laughs> years or so please please write to us and if you've got your own debate everyday tv at gmail.com or on the website and you can find out all the events all the potential upcoming raffles mm-hmm. Spot the Mini is gone, but uh, you had yeah. a good run with that car. Yeah, definitely. pretty be cool. cool.
0: And I'm excited for Evan to pick it up, too. That'll be fun. I think he's going to yeah, really like that car. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back. I'm here to talk about Amsoil. Why Amsoil? Because they're a bunch of car people. They're gearheads. They're into all kinds of power sports. They just get cars and vehicles. The Amsoil folks have created
1: a guide to increasing horsepower in your vehicle. It's got insider tips from some of the best in the business on coaxing a lot more power out of your engine. Get a free copy of this horsepower guide at amsoil.com slash driver. When you're there, you can find out more about Amsoil Synthetic Motor Oil, too. You know, like how Amsoil Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than required
0: by a leading industry standard. Go to amsoil.com slash driver now to get your free insider's guide to increasing horsepower.
1: Everybody's got a to-do list. You know, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save
0: hundreds of dollars on car insurance to that list. And the good thing is, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you do is go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% on your car insurance or maybe even more. Got extra money in your pocket? This just may be the most rewarding thing you do today. Technology Truths, brought to you by Geico. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's fangs?
1: Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no.
0: Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com.
1: Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something.
0: GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Our sponsor, Wrangler, has given a slightly different copy for our ad, so we realize there's only one way to handle this. We have to bring back The Voice. Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. The pair that fits perfectly and always looks great. The pair you wear out at night. At home, on the couch, at work, wherever. They're the go-to, and you can't underestimate their importance. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability, Wrangler jeans are made for the adventurers, the go-getters, the folks who like to keep moving, whether you ride a bike, a bronc, a skateboard, or even drive a car. You could be a person that just wanders the earth looking for we're not sure what. These are still the jeans for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, even vintage re-releases, with a price that works for you. Wrangler has something for everybody. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear for men and for women. New styles, great fits. Wrangler, real, comfortable jeans. That was proper.
1: Yeah. Now this is an interesting question from Ross G. Yeah, it is. He's out in Hillsborough, North Carolina, Mm -hmm. writing to us to ask us help convince his dad to get his first sports car at Mm -hmm. age 70. Love it do that please please do that and hello Ross's dad hi dad please I, do that. I'm sure yeah. and I hope you're listening to the podcast because we are about to decide on something for you <laughs> we do have choices for you yes we do but the story is actually Ross writes in with kind of a dual car debate. one mainly for his dad mm-hmm. should he get this sports card age 70 or yeah. should Ross get something too he kind of likes what he currently has yeah yeah so yeah. we could go back and forth I, I've got a few well I've got one thing for you to think about Ross but we want to get to your dad 1st he's first. got kind
0: of an email that is like "Well, you're at it, what about me? But it's mainly a question about his dad, right? Yeah. Right, all right. So, get this
1: for as long as Ross can remember, he and his dad have talked about cars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they have always shared this love for sleek design, especially in regards to European sports cars. And, Ross, okay. I think that has rubbed off on you by virtue of I your statement so. that you don't want anything American because of the styling, <laughs> okay. which is a separate debate that I will I hear that, yeah, pick yeah, at yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, his dad's always fantasizing about owning a convertible or any high performance car. Get this, when he was in his teens, growing up in the Northeast, he had friends with crazy expensive sports cars Mm, and would mm. take him for rides. And he tells these stories, but he didn't drive any of these cars. He was Mm. always a passenger. It says at least that's what he's deduced from the stories. Get this, Austin Healey, a Porsche C, I think that's a 356 C is what you're referring to. Probably, yeah. Various MG's. And you said a Ferrari Dino, which was one of his most famous stories, always mentioning that the center seating position allowing for the two small seats on either side of the driver. That's not the dino. That's not the dino. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, maybe. I, I was maybe racking my could, brain thinking,
1: was there a dino from the No, 70s? maybe you could that fit was... a
0: couple of girls on either side. That's the joke of the story, but I, I don't the Dino's not a center seating position. As far as I know, Ross, there is only one Ferrari
1: that has been a center seating position. And only two of them were built. And if this is indeed the Ferrari that your dad rode in. Dang. Wow.
0: <laughs> because. Or a McLaren F1. I mean, <laughs> either way. Any of the sitter seating position seating cars, that's the special thing I'd like <laughs> exactly. to ride in that car, yeah. Because you need to look this up. It is a
1: Ferrari 365P Berlinetta Speciale. Only two were built by Pininfarina in 1966. Okay. And in 2014, one of them was expected to sell at more than $34 million. <sighs> So wow. if this is indeed one of the cars, there's only <laughs> two cars on the planet. you
0: rode in that.
1: Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm racking my I'd brain. Like and thinking Dino, yeah.
0: I was never a center seating position. Yeah. No, wait, no. Still still cool, though. Still cool, but not solving that This problem, had man. a
1: 4.4 4 liter V12 engine behind the oh, driver. Oh, man. Mid-engine V12 three-seater Ferrari. I like this. This is a rare car. And yes. if indeed, Ross's is dead, you rode in this car... Why? Why is this car not still somewhere in your life? How do you not own this? (laughs) Do you still know know this this person?
0: Can you inherit this car? Wow! Is it under a dust cover somewhere? Can we make that happen? And the driver you mentioned—it was you know the two seats for the owner's two girlfriends. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Anyway, we we need to to get dad a car. He's retired. He currently drives a, a a Honda Pilot, a recent Honda Pilot, which is fine. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's had a series of wagons and minivans and, you know. Don't be so convincing. Well, yeah, it is. It's fine. Uh, so he, he's wow. he's had, you know, comfort in utility cars, but he keeps thinking, wouldn't it be cool to have a two-seat convertible? But he never quite pulls the trigger. Yeah. What's funny is I keep having this conversation with my dad. Do you? Regularly. Every just time in town visiting. Every time he's here— we end up on some car site, you know, Auto Tempest, Auto Trader. We end up someplace talking about, Dad, you could get one of these for only this much. Because his question is always, you know, he's retired, too, and he's always like, okay, my finances are locked down, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we get into mm-hmm. all of- My dad's Ned Flanders. We get serious about it. So, anyways, we talk about all this stuff. <laughs> does he know going, that he's Ned Flanders? Have you he told does, him this? He doesn't, and he doesn't watch The Simpsons, or does he so it care? wouldn't make any sense. Right. Wouldn't make any sense at all. all right. but, but, but that's always the thing I'm talking about is about how cheaply you can get into a two-seat convertible. That's exactly where we are with this debate.
1: All right, so the budget here that we're working with is twenty to $30,000, maxing out at 30 it has got to be convertible, a fun car, doesn't have to be super powerful or yep. fast, something under 50,000 miles. He'll be fine with something that Ross says is relatively peppy, handles well, doesn't like how small the Miata is, because we could all think straight to the Miata, and we we're could, done. For sure, absolutely, yeah. Even though he knows there's great MX-5s out there. But he also loves the S2000, which is mm-hmm. our hit list. It's one of the greatest it's great. hits. It's great, yeah. But both his mom and dad do not want to bother with manual transmissions anymore. And he thinks, hmm, what about a BMW Z4, a 3 Series convertible? Mm-hmm. And he does mention the Boxster because that could be the top choice. But he says the maintenance costs could be an issue here. Mm-hmm.
0: Agreed. So what do we think for Ross's well, dad? I have, I have four I want to mention. Four on the card. And I want to start right here with the Boxster. Okay. okay. All right. The Boxster needs to be a serious consideration, and, and here's why. Ross, okay. you and your dad, to, to ponder this for a second. You mentioned the BMW Z4, or a 3-series convertible, right? right? Which I like, actually. Which, which are solid choices. These the, are there's, very good. there's nothing wrong with those. They're solid choices. But I submit to you, keeping one of those cars running will cost you more than the Boxster. In what sense? I just think it will. I think the BMWs are more likely to have random little things go wrong that you chase with money. Mm-hmm. And the Boxster is going to need set service intervals, which are at the 40 marks, the 40, 80, 120, et cetera. Set service intervals, but they're just going to run.
1: Mm-hmm. So, sure, so sure.
0: The other, So I really want to put the Boxster out there as a real consideration car. If your dad likes it, that's the bigger question. If your dad likes it, I think if the Z4s are on the planet at all, the boxers need to be right there beside it in consideration. Because I sure. do not think, in spite of that Porsche badge, it will be more expensive. In fact, I suspect it will be less expensive in the long run. Interesting. Okay. The big place that I went on this, with the exception of one car, is I didn't spend even half your budget. Oh. Because my <laughs> thinking is the big tipping point here is cost, both to buy and to own. It is. It is, certainly. So, I'm thinking, what if you spent half your budget? What if you spent 10, maybe 15? Okay. Got a nice example of the cars I'm going to mention. One of them is an exception. I'll start there in a minute. But got, got a nice example of the cars I'm going to mention. And then you have a little bit of money that if something breaks or needs something— You can just put that money into it. Sure. So this leads me to a first gen boxster. Okay. Buy a first gen boxster. All right. They're cheap. They're so cheap. They're ten to fifteen grand. They're cheap, 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 cheap. What does it need? Put five grand into it? Maybe stuff. Maybe. Buy a buy a ten or twelve thousand dollar boxster. Buy a late first gen. Ten to twelve thousand dollar boxster. Put three or four grand into it. You've got a $15,000 Porsche Boxster that's probably just going to run. In, and here's the thing. I don't expect with this story that's going to be a high miles use used-all-the-time car. So drive it I when don't you want to drive it, sense and then you're either. Done. No. So first-gen Boxster, mm. my only close-to-new choice is, and I have to say this is a curveball. I almost put it in wild cards. If you don't like the Miata. I agree the current Miata looks and feels small. But I submit to you, drive a Fiat 124. It's the same inside, but it looks and feels like a larger car. Aren't you clever? <laughs> I, I actually think it might be worth looking uh, it's at. interesting. Because it, it, it feels, from the driver's seat and looking at it, it feels like it's a larger car. It's not really. It's not. But it's I the think same dimensions to my work. knowledge. And if the S2000 is on your list, honestly, the current Fiat 124 or MX-5, I, I think, have more room inside. The current ones do. I would agree with that. So, but they're, they're the same car. They're the same yeah. interior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Fiat 124 is my only one where I'm spending mm. your whole budget. Because a you used one of those, you can still get for 30
1: Staying in my sure. thinking
0: of... But you're not thinking of BART. Or are you thinking of BART? Either way. I mean, I, it's not necessary here. You get four more necessary. horsepower, by the way. Ooh, four whole more horsepower. I mean... But but you're t- we're talking automatics across the board. Oh, okay, true, true, So staying with half your budget, two more to consider and then a wild card. Okay. Pontiac Solstice Saturn Sky...
1: Hmm. hmm. An
0: automatic one of those is 10 grand. They're inexpensive for sure. It's a GM product. The parts are cheap. The only downside to it is I wish it had a better convertible top as far as the way it works. The way it works and folds up uses all your storage space, but you don't need the car for storage space. It's just a fun car. Sure, sure. It's bigger inside and out than the Miata. You get it in the base version. It's 180 horsepower, right, which sounds right. terrible, but it's actually kind of nice. It's just it's decent. You can get the turbo, which is better, but those cars are cheap. They I mean, won't be, they you're won't making the case.
1: You're making the case here, even though he says it's got to be European and I need a European
0: car. Well, but, but he wants making- a European car. You're making the case here for it. He, he wants a European car. I don't sense, sense that his dad is, is completely Well, maybe, decided. maybe not. I mean, he it's just the European. experiences yes. that he's had with Agreed. all these high performance. His friends all Agreed.
1: had hot European cars and stayed totally. in that category, totally, and I get yeah. that. But and we're, we're I do like that.
0: that. And then in a similar category, because I think I would be remiss to overlook it, Corvette Convertible. It's funny.
1: That's on my list, too. Is it? Despite the, hey, all my friends, you know, yeah. they had the hot European stuff. You can't ignore the C5 or C6 convertibles. And it's... Depending on what you get, the spec, the mileage, the year, all that kind of stuff. C5 yeah. or C6. And the big question
0: there. here is about what's it going to cost to own and maintain? And this is where the American cars are to your benefit.
1: hmm I'm... Yeah, I'm with you. I'm struggling, Ross, with the... Uh, drivability is the wrong word. The proclivity towards driving or the outlook towards driving the car i don't want you your dad to be precious with the car and not drive it oh agreed yeah it needs to be driven because i started blowing out your budget way at the top end shocking because not to dwell on the life is short kind of thing but if this is his first sports car (laughs)
0: let's do it right just saying
1: (laughs) was that too on the nose i'm just (laughs) i'm just asking i'm looking at the jag f-type oh now wait a minute i'm looking at the f-type are you because it's
0: aren't they touching thirty now? Used I I'd
1: have to search more convertible. Really find any convertibles? I'm if digging you, while you're talking. Okay, Keep going. I'm all right. digging while you're talking. Go go dig for something because I like, it. I like it. You mentioned your dad was blown away by all the European cars and the MGs and the Austin Heavies and British cool cars, and I just thought F-type. What? Why does he not buy an F-type convertible <laughs> F-type? Dumb. Answer F-type. Moving on. That was my thing again. Honestly, that was okay. my whole headspace because I think, well, you know, beautiful, gorgeous, it's striking. You mentioned Ross that you are very much affected by aesthetics, and I'm betting your dad is too. Probably. I'm betting he's Probably. driven by this. And I think, what a gorgeous car! I would love to own an F-type. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, see it. I see it.
1: Okay, so for that budget, I might be blowing it out of the water a little bit, but maybe not too bad. If it's a convertible, it doesn't have to be the 500 horsepower V8. It could be something, yeah, you know, pretty. It could be the lower end, the 300
0: horsepower, 380 even. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. Are you finding it? slightly good news? Okay, you're above their budget, but under 40, you've got all kinds of options. There you go, Ross. So 36, 38 options. I
1: didn't even add 10 grand, and you're in an F-type, <laughs> and your dad's got yeah. something with, you know lineage and history and you know it kind of kicks that british thing there's a few for 33
0: you you did you did better than you think there's a few for 33 i'm still digging there's a few for 33 see here we go i'm liking this you're not as you're not as far off as i thought you were going to be i'm I'm quite impressed good news good news okay all right because
1: imagine all of his friends and you you just want to come over and either go for a ride drive and talk about that's the f type that's a pretty cool car that's a, and honestly, Holy for less cow. than forty
0: grand. it's a really cool car. Because yeah.
1: initially I was th- thinking the Corvettes. That was on my mm. list. But yeah. I thought, yeah. not to perpetuate the stereotype, that's not my intention. But And, and they're great fun.
0: They really yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But what about the British
1: car, the F-Type? No, the
0: F-Type. I'm looking, right now I am looking, uh, granted, I, I, of course I picked one that happens to be 40 but because it's a really cool reddish-orange.
1: <laughs> and there you go. Ugh. That might be the justification right there. Oh, because, man. again, first sports car – they're Come on, cool. let's do it cool. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can and, we sit on the, your shoulder? And, and just... the auto in
0: that is, is solid. The auto oh. in that is good. That's a, I, really, I did not go there. That's a good one. All right. Okay, I see.
1: Ross's dad, just putting that out there. I like the Z4 option too, but at the low end, surprising me, well, kind of, okay. but maybe surprising everybody, I found you a low mileage, 996, Ooh. Cabriolet, Ooh, 2002 okay. 911 Tiptronic, I don't think he'd care that it's not a PDK hmm. Tiptronic. Okay, yeah, Lapis Blue Metallic, hmm. just under fifty nine thousand miles in Arizona for twenty one thousand nine hundred dollars. That means they're going to hmm. take twenty one, maybe just under.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I think from a maintenance standpoint, that car is going to run fine. You get everything checked over, I buttoned agree. up. Yeah, under fifty nine thousand miles. And the best part is, your mom and dad could fly to Arizona, hang out in Arizona for a little bit, and do a road trip back home to the Northeast. Oh, I like this. In their brand new 911 cab. I like cab. this.
0: Okay, all right. He,
1: it doesn't matter that it's not the Turbo. It doesn't matter it does. that it's, it's not irrelevant. the S.
0: It's irrelevant to this conversation.
1: Tiptronic, fine. Who cares if it's yes. not a PDK? It's going to be a fun sports car, convertible. Mm-hmm. I think he'd love having a Porsche. And right. welcome to a
0: great one. Are you listening, Dad? Are you listening?
1: I like 21 it. 21K? Like, that's a fine. I like it. Yeah. You don't even have to go to Arizona. I bet you could find no, one in you Florida. No, It's right. been Absolutely. parked and it's got 10,000 yeah. miles on it or something. <laughs> Probably. Fly to Florida or wherever Probably. and make a road trip out of it and take your time and meander and reconnect with all the fun that you love about driving. I like this. And get home in your 911 cab.
0: I like that a lot. I have a wild card to mention okay. because it's not convertible. They came in convertible, but I don't want you to get the convertible. All right, all right. You've got twenty to thirty grand. I'm still only spending half your budget. Get yourself a very nice automatic non-turbo Nissan 300ZX. They have that's cool. T tops, not convertibles. <laughs> but I submit to you, Ross and your dad. I submit to you that that is a timeless design. I agree. I and love because that because it's a actually. timeless design. And because they're out there for cheap, look. If you went shopping with fifteen grand and you were looking for at conver- uh, a T-top, uh, non-turbo automatic, you mm-hmm. will find the nicest one in the country for fifteen grand. Because most of them are going to be like six. <laughs> okay, seriously, <laughs> seriously, you could find a sure, nice one for sure. that kind of money. Yeah. And and I think it's going to be it, it, that era, the, the the early '90s, to me, is the tipping point between. Cars that feel like classic cars with the nice involved steering and classic stuff, and it's the the a pillars are still thin and that kind of stuff, and the modern cars with the airbags and the stuff that we expect. It's sure. the tipping point decade is the nineties. So I think you could probably be in an era where you love the way the car is to drive, but it feels modern enough you're not worried about it. Hmm, I can see that. Sure. So it's my sure. wild card because I, 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 I don't like those convertibles. They're not good convertibles. The t tops are the are the business. Convertible doesn't do that car justice, in my opinion. Uh, And, of course, I owned one and I loved it, but it it was a good car. So I'm in wild card territory, but you could get a great one for a fraction
1: of your budget. Ross, quickly, with your debate here, you've asked us to debate a quick car for you. Oh, that's right, yeah. Well, quickly, not a quick car, but maybe it is quick. (laughs) Ross is a professional musician and woodworker. He's had a variety of auto industry jobs. And essentially, what he needs is something fun to replace... Well, he's an all-VW family, so he's got a 2010 GTI. Mm -hmm. He's loved his former 2003 GTI, 20th anniversary edition, and his wife has a 2017 VW Golf All-Track that he can borrow when he needs to move music gear, lumber, you know, that kind of thing for building instruments. Mm -hmm. I love Mm -hmm. that. This will be a daily just under 40 miles round trip on weekdays, and he says, staying in the Volkswagen family, would I love a 2015 or 16 Audi A4 manual as much as he loves his GTI? Hmm. I think he's touching on this. Or should I go 3 Series? And he's the one that says, because aesthetics means so much to him, he doesn't like American cars. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing on, on the list there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like I said, is a debate in and of itself because it is, for sure. what is American? For sure. Camrys are built in America, so are BMWs and <laughs> Mercedes. BMW. And
0: yeah, fair point. We've Nessans had this discussion before, but yes. go On. Yes,
1: yes. Anyway, mm-hmm. but then American designers go work for European car studios. But I think you're saying we're confused, yeah. the flavor of the car company and what mm-hmm. they put out. Mm-hmm. So, good designers as we've seen, can design for Italian companies or American companies or Japanese and they can create the flavor and the Mm -hmm. sense of this Mm -hmm. is Japanese, you know, that's... But the designers might not be. Mm -hmm. So that's a good designer right there. You're saying 28,000 new or used... That you can compare to the GTIs. I bumped your budget a little bit. If you were to stay, <laughs>
0: okay, go on. If you're to stay, go on. Okay. Outside
1: the Volkswagen family, go get yourself two Series. Done and done and done. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Go spend sure, that twenty eight sure. grand. Yeah. Go get
0: a two Series and cackle your way through life. Get get a two twenty eight with the Sport Pack. Done. Yep.
1: But inside the Volkswagen family, this car came to me, Mm-kay. popped up in my head, All and right. I did kind of squeeze more out of your budget just slightly because okay. it's me. How about a 2016 Audi S3? Ooh, not a manual. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a great yeah. DCT. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great car to drive. I think it's not the A4. It's a little bit more compact. Chuckable. Yeah, I see that. I see that.
0: It's, a, see that. it's not
1: hatchy, but it is handly
0: it is it's both yeah. we
1: like this yeah. car again not the manual can't get in the manual but well just thinking audi s3 keeping the family mm-hmm. that way you've got the yeah i'm into the audi you know mm-hmm. hey i've arrived kind of thing
0: the great thing about the s3 you know i've talked about this before the great thing about the s3 is i actually think it's hard to justify at new prices because it's 10 to 15 more than the golf R, and i don't understand the benefit but they drop fast. They do. And they are they, they are really compelling used buys. I totally agree with that. Yeah, Ross, I found
1: a bunch of them. They're all 2016s for 30 or less.
0: There you go. Set the price like
1: thing, it. the search when you set yeah, it. Yeah. Set it at 30 and then watch them all under $30.
0: And you yeah, think, watch them dial in.
1: Yeah. Really? I could have that one for with 40,000 miles on it? Yeah. I could have a...
0: You know, practically brand new S3. I like that shade of how you went with what he likes and you just twisted it. That's good. I like that a lot. A bit. It's really good.
1: It's not the R, but, you know, keep yeah. it in the v- VW family thing. Totally. Because initially I was thinking a bigger Audi, but then you mentioned the A4 and I think,
0: no, let's go smaller. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And, and that's the thing. The A4 is not, there's nothing wrong with the A4. No, you can't get the no. manual in the S3, of course not. But the S3, I agree. That's pretty compelling. I like that. Well done.
1: Well done. Just saying, Ross, something to consider. And Ross's dad, road trip for you, my friend. Yes. Go get yourself Sports an F-Type. Sports car for you, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> It's happening. For sure. That- Ross, you're obligated now to keep... You know, pushing him along, keep nurturing the dream. (laughs) Come on, Dad. Don't let it die. It's not going to be just a conversation, and it was a great podcast. And all right, we'll just put that in the corner and keep moving on with life. No, no, you're getting a sports car. Why not? I agree. Now is the
0: time. I totally agree. We've got some really cool questions here, Uh, some varied questions as well. I want to start with one that relates to where we just were. Dallas Mills on Instagram. You see this one? We recommend the GTI.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: What do we feel about the GLI instead? Interesting. Here's here's my take on the GLI, and I'm going to get some of this wrong because my my VW knowledge is not incredibly deep. But here's my understanding: the GLI exists essentially because Americans like sedans more than hatches. Mm-hmm. I would recommend the GLI instead of the GTI if you want a hot Golf, but you really, really, really don't like hatches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then okay, GLI is your car. Sure. But generally, it is like eighty percent of the same generation GTI. It's not quite all of the bells and whistles running gear of the same gen gti sometimes it's it's like trailing sometimes like it's like the last gen gti is now the gli so it typically is like 80 percent of the gti so at that point i just think hatches are more usable and they're it's a little bit better car with a little bit more performance Mm -hmm. so why not just Mm -hmm. that's why the gli gets overlooked if you like the the sedan then yes it's your car
1: Did you see a question from R.O. Bell? He said, what would the Millennium Falcon be in car form? And to that I say, I
0: don't speak Star Trek, so I'm going to turn this over to Todd. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm not that bad. But but we actually have a Star Trek-related question coming up in a minute. No, that's interesting. What is a Millennium Falcon in car form? That's All
1: right, you work on that for a second, and I'm going to answer NC Brew 18's question about the year model being the best first-time Porsche ownership choice. Hmm. Well, I kind of went. Back, got an eighty eight nine twenty eight, and that got me onto Porsche. I, I, I loved them, mm. but I didn't know why until I really drove one, and then I drove a front engine Porsche, and you know, fell in mm. love with that kind of, uh, you know, variety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on your budget, of course. Truly, and it depends on your proclivity for maintenance and upgrades and constant <laughs> yes, this tinkering. Is true. So, if it's a very first time, it could be an inexpensive Boxer or Cayman. I, I would go with that. I mean, I'm not sure I'd even go 911 quite yet, unless you're going for a 996 with maybe higher mileage and that kind of thing. Yeah. But
0: I'm still back to the just, you know, something that's going to be good. But the, here's the interesting thing, though. You're staying in an era of Porsche vehicles. You're in the mid-2000s, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Or, or, now, sorry, early 2000s. Early 2000s, early, sure. Like yeah, late yeah. 90s, early 2000s. That is an interesting era for Porsches because they haven't turned the other way in price, the only issue to potentially talk about is the possibility. Notice I said possibility. Mm-hmm. Please put that in quotes and underline and italicize it. In the the possibility of the IMS. Do not believe the hype that it's yeah, all those no. cars. No, no, no. So you you really could have a conversation about getting a Porsche that, with the exception of IMS fix, is just gonna run, that you do maintenance and it's cheap. That is a great entrance as far as the the, the time frame. So, so yeah. shopping let's just say ninety eight to oh five, oh six. Boxster mm-hmm. came in 911. What do you like? What can you afford? And how has the car been treated?
1: Very because much you're so. into very
0: much so. mostly modern Porsches, but no, uh, none of the Porsche markup of. We're we're bowing down at the feet of the nine nine three, or oh my gosh, this car was eighty grand two years ago and it's still sixty. You don't have either of those problems. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Any thoughts on uh, what the aluminum Falcon should be? Uh, the aluminum Falcon. Which I, I don't, don't know. even know what that is. Uh, I'm going to go to Nick Alon's question instead. Okay. real quick. I may I may come. I hadn't seen the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> I, I need a minute. But uh, celebrity matchmaker question. Do you see this?
1: Oh Facebook. no, I haven't seen this yet.
0: He lists uh, four people and says, "Who would be the what would be the perfect car oh. for these four selections?" Oh, you're right. I did. I did. I these really people like this. showed up at your party. What would they arrive in? Chuck Norris. What would he arrive in? Taylor Swift. What would she arrive in? Elton John. What would he arrive in? And Patrick Stewart, or alternatively, Patrick Stewart playing his Star Trek character, John Luke Picard.
1: Did you have something for this? I because have something for all of Mark above. B answered this really well. By
0: the way, he did. He, he had some well, yeah. great stuff yeah, yeah. on here. Uh, All right, go ahead. Chuck Norris arrives in an Icon 4x4. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like that. Like that. Taylor Swift arrives in a Porsche Taycan. I realize you can't even get them yet. She still arrives in that car. Okay. It's electric. It's modern. It's stylish. Nobody can have them yet. She arrives in that. Fair enough. (laughs) Elton John arrives in a 1964 Lincoln Continental convertible. It's painted purple, and everything that used to be chrome is now rhinestones. And we're done.
1: I was going to say, anything from, you know, the Rock Hudson era, you know, like...
0: 1964, right? you know, Suicide Door, yeah, Convertible, yeah. Lincoln Continental, with Ryan instead of Chrome. And then Patrick Stewart is interesting. I, I gravitate toward... I think he's always been a pretty modern guy personally. But then, of course, as Jean-Luc Picard, he's playing the the captain of the Starship Enterprise, right? And he was an interesting guy that liked a lot of old stuff. He was a modern space captain, liked a lot of old stuff. So I have two for him. Right. He either shows up in a BMW i8 or he embraces his I-like-old-stuff roots and he arrives in a Morgan three-wheeler.
1: I'm going to leave that right
0: there. Gets out the tux. Excellent. Gets out the tux, takes off the goggles, walks into the party. Morgan, three wheeler in the valley, is looking at it, going, What do I do with this? Chuck Norris
1: can cut a hot knife with butter. (laughs) Well done.
0: Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know that? All right. I'm
1: jumping to Mark B's question about the year 2018, which we're in. Why do car manufacturers still offer halogen lights? Do they have contracts with halogen companies or something? Is it a nefarious market manipulation by Big (laughs) Headlight? I don't even know Big Headlight existed. The halogen mafia is here. Wow, Mark, it really has more to do with the differences in countries governmental regulations yeah, for lighting yeah. technology, <laughs> which is something designers and engineers have to incorporate. If they're gonna offer a world car, they have to take yeah. this into consideration. The design is affected because do you incorporate the turn signal into the headlight and mm-hmm, lamp? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the manufacturing? How how much budget do we have? Mm-hmm. Is it a Lexus where we can, you know, we're a more expensive car? I've touched on this
0: before. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I, I really think it has less to do with <laughs> Big headlight. <laughs> it's like big tobacco. Right. Look
0: out! Big headlight is here. <laughs>
1: the it's the halogen
0: mafia. Run! Undercover. Oh, no, I can't hide. They can only see me. They can see me everywhere I hide.
1: <laughs> back room meetings. I love it. Anyway, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's really comes down to not necessarily politics, but really just regulations and what has been passed. And mm-hmm. hey, we've we've passed this. We know it's it's the old faithful, the halogen lights. We know they work. We're just. Well. It's the proclivity for all of our government, you know, our our senators, our lawmakers. To actually
0: get on the stick and and pass more regulations and well, and open up open it up and think about how slowly our regulations for lighting moves mm. because Audi keeps creating new lighting options that aren't available here like their laser lights and the lights that like laser beams the, the lights that actually change their shape based on sensing another car none of those are available here because they don't pass lighting restrictions here so it's it's about that snail's pace of regulation movement that makes it possible I mean we could run for office based solely on just
1: Improving car manufacturing, we'd get nowhere. But yeah, exactly. I'd be all we'd want to run on.
0: Uh, Actually, (laughs) Garage Heroes in training. Hey, how are you? He writes in and says he's he's curious. Now that the Miata has had a horsepower bump, does it beat the '86 platform? Is it the better choice across the board? We haven't driven the new version yet. Uh, in general, in those little cars, I'm going to say a small bump in power across the board is welcomed, as we would like it in yeah. the 86. So it would be yeah. very cool. Uh, and you also ask about the, the club version with the, the uh, Miata. Have we driven that? It is better. But people I actually know, and there two guys in town here. Yes, it's better. But both of them have still gone more aggressive aftermarket with their setups because mm-hmm. they're sport car, sport car guys. One of them's uh, Sasha and the other one's Donnie, and they've both gone with a more aggressive setup than the stock version, even though they bought the club. So that is an issue either way because the car just naturally has a lot of body roll. But let's speak to your question on power. I think the big discussion about uh, MX5 versus FRS86, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is actually not the power discussion, it's how do you use it. If you only need a tiny two seat car and you can handle that, then Miata, why not? If you need any utility at all, the 86 chassis has to win. Back seats, fold down back seats, usable trunk. If you need any of these factors, then Miata's just out. We have so many good questions. We're, we're going to need to do a podcast of just questions soon, soon. Soon, maybe in two or three podcasts we should do that, yeah.
1: All right. Marcus A. on Facebook is asking about the maintenance differences between front-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive. Mm, this is good. He says, as somebody who has only driven front-wheel drive, what do I need to know? What What's out there? Well, as far as maintenance, to my knowledge, well, consider front-wheel drive cars. Everything is happening at the front wheels. The front wheels are asked to hold the front end of the car up, support the weight, turn steer and suspend activate the suspension
0: and the rear rear wheels are holding up the back of the they're car just
1: dragging their knuckles at the back duh
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah front-wheel drive cars have a lot of stress going on up front mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so your maintenance needs to include those suspension components and really keep a close eye on the CV boots and everything is being asked to do so much in front wheel drive cars now mm-hmm. with modern cars they're so well engineered and well done generally speaking. In broad strokes. (laughs) That they're nearly maintenance-free. You need to actually follow everything that's recommended in your owner's manual. If it's a Porsche, I'd say cut that in half or a quarter. You know, hey, oil changes every 20,000 miles. Porsche owners freak
0: out and just do it at five anyway.
1: (laughs) But you know what I mean.
0: I don't. I actually follow what the car says. But (laughs) we're different owners. I take that point.
1: Whereas the rear-wheel drive cars, they might have a transaxle and mm-hmm. the weight is much different the balance of the mm-hmm. car is mm-hmm. much different so there's a bet- better equal balance between front and rear so the the actually the weight of the car is distributed more evenly throughout the car this is why we come back to Porsche 944s they had nearly 50-50 weight distribution yeah cars with transaxles they've got you know the gearbox essentially in the back it's just a torque tube running down the center line of the car mhm so the suspension components, of course, they still need to be looked at. But as far as, you know, something that is really maintenance heavy, it depends on the car, but it's not a a huge difference between those and say all wheel drive where you've got, you know, a center diff and you've got, okay, I really That's need to, to, change to keep securely, on, yeah. you know, if it's a dual yeah. clutch transmission, you know, you've got mm-hmm. to really keep your mm-hmm. eye on that thing, you know, because it's distributing power, whatever it is, but front wheel drive, Yeah, there's a lot going on in these cars, and follow recommended maintenance intervals. Yeah, yeah, the suspension is a big issue, but rear-wheel drive cars, I'd say, are—I wouldn't say they're maintenance-free. It's not what I'm saying. No car is. Yeah. But it's—it just, like I said, it really comes down to the car. It's not a—it's not a platform-dependent kind of a thing, and you know, you could argue about. You know, Miatas and MX-5s versus Toyota 86s. You know, they're just going to be bulletproof practically. But
0: you know, well, you're stressing out. The, you're you're splitting up. Yeah, splitting up the load. You're spreading out yeah, the problems. Yeah, but to the well, front a axles.
1: Boxster, a Cayman, yeah. something like that. It's just different kinds of loads on the car, and and really, it's going to be still just engine. Change your engine oil. You know, look at your transmission. Your oil
0: change. Oh, look, I should have done that by now. You should probably do that. Yeah. You
1: know, all those kinds of things. But I wouldn't say there's a gigantic watch out for blank. No, it just comes down to the car.
0: We have many questions we could cover at some point, but I think for now that's a good list. Um, thank you guys for listening, as always. If you have your own car debate, of course, you can write into us at TV at Gmail or through the website, through the About form. There's a contact form under About there. We are reading them all. Thank you for all the submissions for Topic Tuesdays and for car debates and for just writing to us and saying, hey, guys, I had this thought. We like those as well. We, we do read them all, so it's pretty cool. There's a lot of cars Chuck Norris could drive. What about a Raptor? Yeah, he could. Couldn't he rock a Raptor? uh, Of course he could. But here's the thing. Chuck Norris has got money. So the Icon 4x4. And the other thing is the Icon 4x4, it looks like an old car, but you start walking around and going, this is in really good shape.
1: I see where you're going. See, I, I thought that through. So clever. Guys, thank you a million. Looking forward to next time. Cheers.
0: ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere.